This episode was recorded on November 1st, 2020. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the comic panel. I'm Cody. I'm Taylon. I'm Jacob. And I'm Shawenta. Previously on the comic panel. So, I mean, that that's just the clarification I wanted to have, is that, like, you know, he is being as, like, hopeful as he can be, and that's, like, you know, as much as of his ideals as he can be, too, you know, the the value of having hope in a hopeless situation. So next issue, we get uh, Black Crow again, and he's like, oh, I am sensing what's happening right now. Uh, Cap's in trouble, his friends are in trouble, uh, arch enemy coming back from the dead. And so he turns into a crow and then goes to help out Cap. And what happened, so Cap and Red Skull are fighting, and Red Skull's like, and me, and me, please. And he's like crying, and so, so I'm like, oh, okay, okay, all right, I won't end you. And uh, that causes him to have a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also kind of weird because it's intercut yeah. with um, uh, David Cox, who's in a coma after what happened to him. It's like his wife is talking to him. It's like. Ah, uh, your life signs are becoming unstable. You're gonna die soon. You're slipping away from me. Until Captain America, I guess, decides to not kill Red Skull, and then that makes David's coma go away, even well, though no. Red Skull didn't have anything to do with his coma. Well, well it's no, the, the triumph of the ideals, you know? <laughs> yeah. David was just like... He, he was in such turmoil between, like, the brainwashing and what his ideals were that the symbolism I mean, but the that comic was, book. That was stuff that, like, Zemo and uh, Mother Superior did. So it's like, why does Red Skull, who, like, maybe he told them to do that, but, like, he still shouldn't have control yeah. over David's coma. That doesn't make any it's, sense. It's not going to be anything tangible. It's literally just symbolism. <laughs> You have to suspend really your disbelief. Yeah. It is really weird, the fact yeah, that he's, like, dying. Like, the... like, his wife is literally like, you're dying, you've stopped breathing. And Captain America is, meanwhile, like, winning a moral battle. And David is like, oh, I can do it. And, like, starts breathing again. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> also, too. Yeah. So, did... Oh, I—I I actually just got it. I just understood. What? What? Yes, he did, and I just understood that he—he he helped David come back to life. I just realized that he was sitting in the windowsill of the hospital. Oh, he, he stu- before he went to oh. go help Captain America. Yeah. I, I forgot I about that. That's true. That's true. I don't know. That makes less sense. He could sense the moral, the moral turmoil that was going through David. 
I thought it was just but I do. Yeah. I mean, it's the, obviously the, it's done the, in sync to like symbolism. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Basically, the Earth spirit was all like, "Okay, so we gotta help out our brother, Captain America. So, like, let's just go solve all of his problems real quick." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we're not gonna help him by going and like helping him first. We have to save this person who's in a coma first. Can't fight his yeah. I mean, I feel it. like that's what Captain America would have wanted anyway. Yeah. Maybe. True. Probably. Also, do, so, did did Black Crow do anything <laughs> for Captain America? Because I he pulled out leaves, but he was still under the effect of the aging serum. So I'm confused. But he was what poisoned he by like five different think, things, like, or three different things. Right. So it, that it gave him like extra juice, so like he could make it out and like see that his friends were alive, and then ah. like he doesn't want to die anymore. Because he knows all his friends aren't dead. I think. Well, gotcha. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that the crow, the crow, basically, you know, was able to cure him of the injected poison, but not the aging poison. Yeah. And that's why I clarified earlier that there was two different kinds of things that he was drugged gotcha. with. I'm gonna be real. I totally missed that he was like got a bunch of the different things. I thought it was literally just the aging stuff. Mm. Oh. And so yeah. Uh, yeah. Next issue. Cap. So close. Cap. Yeah. Hands over uh, Red Skull to Mother Superior, who, who Red Skull is dead, and so then the Avengers come and rescue Cap, and they're like, "All right, what?" How do we fix this? And their plan is to go to uh, the back to Red Skull's hideout, get anything you can to that that was involved with. <laughs> Just Agent grab random technology, and yeah. we'll figure it out when you get back here. Also, too, my question is: those are two characters that had not been inside the mansion, so how would they know what was involved in aging them up? Like <laughs> anything more complicated than a clock? Just grab it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then vision goes to uh um the planetary computer of titan like what and also are they saying that he is a computer made by isaac i i don't know this no i think isaac is the name of a Wait, where is of that? a computer kind of like the um the supreme intelligence for the kree mm-hmm. where they just have like that that computer that like is a thing. Oh. I oh, think. Oh, oh, Isaac is the planetary computer of Titan. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. And the computer that he went to see was mm-hmm. augmented by Isaac. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. But yeah, then um, they like the, yeah. for some reason they go through and like retell the history of Captain America. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I got the soldier th- uh, serum, and then like I got stuck in the Arctic, and this is something I never knew about like old Captain America history. Like he was worshipped by a tribe of Eskimos. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, but also Namor came in and just threw him back into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, what? and just left him to melt like he's an ice cube in a drink. Like, that also doesn't seem like it's that helpful. I, I, I'm, I'm very confused. I was like, what? 
Did Namor know Captain America? I mean, I bet he did. I bet that's why he... Yeah, like, at least yeah. it's yeah, been he did. retconned to. Like, they fought in World War II together. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, okay. like, it seems like yeah. he should have a little more care. I literally just thought of Namor knew Captain America. <laughs> Yeah. She's <laughs> so it's weird. Cool. Um yeah. So they get this machine all built um, and basically also, oh, okay. I I was just gonna like touch on the fact like another like very, very dicey representation of Native Americans, you know, definitely mm-hmm. not like any of the native Alaskan people. Um properly represented i'm pretty sure that they were like captain america was literally at the north pole not you know where nobody lives <laughs> so just just gonna throw that out there just like clean, cleaning up the messes like, of old yeah, comics it's, past it's still also bit. dumb yeah it's yeah yeah so they build this machine that anyway shines rays onto captain america to de-age him now I didn't catch this, and so this was a nice surprise. So basically, the rays only affect people who were under the effect of uh, Red Skull's uh, aging up uh, device. And so then the Mother Superior and her underlings show up, and they fight, and then at the end, they all get de-aged. I was like... Oh, right, because they underwent the same thing that he did. Ah, okay, all right, I like that. Because mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, no, they showed up, and they can't enter the room? Oh, no, this is horrible. <laughs> I don't know, I did think it was interesting that it's like Vision, like, once they're like, all right, everybody go in, go save Captain America after, like, they stop the rays. It's like uh, Vision, for some reason, like, can't go. He's like, oh, I'm spent. But it's like, also... You could just go in there, and nothing that they could do could hurt you, like even a little bit. So it's like, <laughs> wow, that's uh, convenient that you can't go in and fight them, Vision. That's uh, huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All of the girls are are oh. back to their normal ages of teenagers. Oh, before, um, we, before we go on, I want to uh, emphasize that I, I think we skipped over this, but um, so when the Red Skull aged up his daughter, he also got four other girls to be her... Just or, just random orphans. Yeah, and they, and aged them up. And they, they became Sisters of Sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, so, yeah, I don't know. I I like that Bernadette and Captain America are matching panel. Yeah. Yeah, I did think it was weird that she was just doing dishes, but she was in this, like, almost superhero-looking outfit when, like, she got kidnapped. That was a workout (laughs) suit. Yeah, that's that's one of those workouts. Right, I know. It is funny that she got kidnapped at that moment. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't the dishes one. That was when she was going to go see her friend. Uh, her friends were coming over or something. Well, yeah, Avengers. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's still yeah, like she was doing way the, around the house kind of stuff. I think she was doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. No. 
she's doing the dishes previously, and Captain America was like, "You need to like lock your door more often." Girl. I don't know. I, I don't think that was the same one. Mm, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't. I don't. No, think. no. That that well, it wasn't the same one, but it was a different. It was a diff- two different instances, yeah. but I was wrong. She was doing the dishes, and Captain America came up behind gotcha. her and was like, you really need to lock the door. Gotcha. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's the PSA. Go um, lock your door right now. If it's not locked, go lock it. But, but she was <laughs> like, hey, think, I'm not paranoid. Otherwise, go check that it's locked. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what was going through her mind that makes her think that it's okay to leave your door unlocked. Like, were they just that It's trusting? not okay. I don't it's not. Understand. It's not no, right. She literally says to him, "I'm not as paranoid as you are." And right. he's like, "Do you know who I fight all day?" Like, <laughs> but also it's like, it's like, yeah, do you okay. not expect okay, here- somebody to just be like, "All right, give me everything you have," you know, just barge in. Like, I don't understand. This is like you, you live, live in New, New York. York. Was like, and it's most dangerous. <laughs> it's like go, like have your door locked. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I have a legal uh, question that I think I know the answer to. So, do you think that the the Sisters of Sin and Mother Superior are still culpable for the crimes they committed when they were aged up? No. Because, like, those crimes still happened. Well, I, I, I think and, they could claim like, temporary insanity or something. I mean, like obviously, like you, they probably wouldn't go to jail, but like it seems like it's an interesting legal question or like legal hypothetical. I mean, it's so like, li- those crimes still happened. The people that they happened to still probably deserve justice, but like they are not the people who committed those crimes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, oh, it's like yeah, child I, would, I would go with style, uh... but no, nah, I mean they were kind of aware of what they're doing. I still feel like it, it it slightly depends on what they decide to do next, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the Avengers end up putting at least, um, you know, the daughter of the Red Skull. I don't really know about the Sisters of Sin, if they where they go, but I think that, like, they put her in, like, a super, like, government orphanage and, like, don't try to deprogram deprogram her at all um, oh so they um, just dump her in an institute so, so they might as well have put her in jail got it okay yeah. they don't yeah they don't restorative justice. um yeah I, I might have to look into that a little bit more because i don't quite remember but yeah i think that's what happens mm-hmm. um but yeah no i think that basically she like i it brings the the question brings to mind like charles manson and his like cult or whatever like, you know, the Red Skull, even though he's dead, is the one that's culpable for the crimes. And maybe, Z- or definitely Zemo, too. I don't know. I feel like you would have a hard time proving that, like, because she had a messed up childhood, but she definitely wasn't insane, like, legally insane. Like, she still knew the difference between right and wrong. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I well, I just don't think that she's an adult. I don't think though. she's ever no, that been is able. Thing. I don't think yeah. you are insane. right on that. Like that is definitely true. But like, like you said, she had a bad childhood. But it seems like, I mean, they changed appearances. But I don't think that childhood had ended quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, like it's the same like legal hypothetical anyway. as like if somebody has like a conjoined twin, um, and like one of the twins commits like a death penalty crime, do you still stand within a chair? Like obviously the answer is no, but like legally, like if you have a legal discussion about it, it is a interesting argument to have. I, I'm confused. Has that happened before? Hmm. And it has happened before. If I like read your lips correctly, tail on. It oh, happened, like, a long time ago, like, in France, I believe, but, like, yeah, somebody had, like, a, tw- like, it was, like, one of those things where, like, um, they were going to be twins, but, like, they, like one tried to absorb the other, but, like, didn't go all the way, so, like, one was, like, still technically alive, but, like, not really. Oh, boy. Yeah, mm. it was a weird circumstance, but, like, yeah, committed some crime, and then, like, did actually argue that like hey if you send me to the death penalty then you will kill this innocent person and then they like they voted him not guilty for some reason not just like not death penalty not guilty gotcha hmm um yeah anyway though back to the comic this Um, is uh the first comic i've read so uh monica rambo's captain marvel I think that's notable. Yeah, actually, I think that's the same case for me as well. Hmm. I don't think that's the case for me, but yeah. I mean, she's cool. (laughs) Doesn't get, like, a good spotlight here, but... um, Yeah, she is a cool character. Um, So... I still wanted to talk a little bit about um, J.M. DeMatteis' plan going forward for Captain America that uh, did not get to be executed. Basically, three hundred issue 300 was supposed to be a double... Huh? It's, it's an ambitious plan. Say, I'll, I'll say that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so 300 was supposed to be a double-sized issue, and basically it would have had um, Captain America decide to retire, become or and then become a peace activist, and then the Avengers would be against him, everybody else would be against him, and his only friends, you know, other than, you know, his civilian identity friends, I guess, would be... Uh, the Submariner and Doctor Doom, Which, and I then, mean, um, no, you go ahead, Taylor. What do you think about that? I don't understand why um, Doctor Doom would be there. I don't. I, I don't get why Doctor Doom would be like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll join you in your quest for peace. Yeah, sure. Uh, his whole thing is that well, like, he because, always like, wants, like basically what's best for Latveria. And so it's like, yeah, world peace sounds pretty good, I guess. Really? <laughs> At least that's that's what my thinking would be. <laughs> yeah. Like why he's why he's in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's basically because he he doesn't just want what's best for Latveria. He he wants when he's aiming for world domination or even universal domination occasionally, it's because he truly believes that he is going to be capable of like justly ruling the world or universe in a way that like you know no bad will happen 
he is like dead set on that idea. He's like, yeah, I can do this, and it'll be good. Everybody will be happy. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's kind of Doctor Doom's deal, and so I it totally makes sense to me. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then I don't really know about what's going on in uh, Namor's, you know, what what he's doing at that point in comics, you know, what his deal is. But probably would have made sense, you know. I mean, I, I would have just thought, oh, um, yeah, he's an old pal of mine. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hasn't it his own Atlantean kingdom, you know? Mm-hmm has to you know it's probably it's probably hard to to deal with like the negotiations between all the different countries there are mm-hmm. i don't know um but yeah so then basically nomad uh would be all like this is crazy you can't do this you know and then uh he would end up assassinating captain america and then Black Crow would become the new Captain America. I mean, it was that. Black Crow or Jack Monroe, I believe. No, right? no, or uh, Falcon. Or no, it was, it was... Or Falcon, excuse me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jack Monroe yeah. is definitely going to be his assassinator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They He cut him a jet. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad... I'm going to say, like, opinions of the overall plan. Kind of glad it didn't happen because it seems like it is in the vein of um, The Dark Knight Returns 2, where it, like, has a very obvious political message that is, like, specifically from the author, and will, like, the author is so convinced of his own correctness that he won't even begin to entertain like, to legitimately entertain, like, a different opinion. I mean, I, I like the intention there, and, like, I can relate to that, like, well, I can't just keep having them duke it out and, like, punch each other out while trying to spout off these ideals. But, yeah, I I don't know if, like, I don't know how that would have gone. Honestly, my, my interpretation was, like... <laughs> So you're going to me it was like so you're going to replace a white character with a non-white character. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. That's Yeah, cuz that's what we need. I I, make a I didn't like here. that idea. <laughs> yeah. Starting social justice workers in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I decided I decided to look into the history of uh Black Crow after this and he's got like a couple of bit parts like he's in Daredevil for a little bit. Um, he's in a his last appearance is in a or before Civil War is a nineteen ninety five uh, Captain America issue where like he tells Captain America he's going to die in the next twenty four hours and then nothing for uh, like fourteen years until Civil War where he's in prison forty two and then is like seen in the fight after they escape from prison 42 and then is seen as a potential recruit for the uh, uh that like after um civil war program the initiative. initiative and then never again yeah so 
Yeah, that's pretty good, I guess. Good job. The yeah, they basically they they more they more or less erased him after Demetrius quit the book because his plan didn't get to go I mean, through. Yeah, but like it's also like um, it would require a major rewrite as soon as like uh, it becomes like way less novel just to have a Native American in your book, and then it's like oh, this is a deeply flawed portrayal of this culture. Uh, so are we going to do anything about that, or are we just going to uh, erase that, that's it? that's part of the problem where, like, it's a nice premise on paper, but, like, have you really thought this through, how that continues on? Like, what does that even mean? Hmm. Like, why does he have to be replacing Captain yeah, America I guess... as far as being his own character? Yeah. So, for me... Like, you know, and is like to, to both explain my, like, what I thought of the idea and also respond to what you all have said. It's like, I think that I, I liked the idea. I thought it was, like, kind of cool. I, I don't know if I would have, like, you know, necessarily liked it, like, 100%. But, um, you know, so I guess first we gotta split it into the two ideas, the two main ideas. It's one, Captain America quitting and becoming a peace activist, and two, Black Crow taking the mantle. Um, I like the first or, one. Or Sam Wilson, but honestly, I kind of, I I assume that um, it would have been Black Crow more. Um, so yeah, I, I liked um, I liked Captain America becoming a peace activist. You know, it's all like kind of following in the footsteps of Dave Cox, um, you know, as a pacifist. But then like, you know, also like, it's just like a totally new element for Captain America to be like, or, or Steve Rogers, I guess you would say, to be like, okay, you know, how do we completely change the system all the way? you know, that we've been, that we've been running, because it hasn't been working, and I just, you know, I like the novelty of that, you know? Yeah, um, um I, I think that's, and then, like, um, that's the whole thing of, like, fighting, he's fighting the symptoms of a broken system, yeah, as compared to actually, like, fixing the system. Right. Yeah. And, and I like the intrigue of everybody being, like, so resistant to that because they've they've become so accustomed to it. Like, you know, it's like you're trying to take away my identity, you know, as a superhero even. Because, like, if there's nobody to fight, then what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? know. It, it, it is kind of like the idea that, like, it would work better in reality. But, like, for the Marvel Universe, like, you're not going to defeat Hydra by, like organizing a protest you know what i mean yeah. like it's it doesn't really work for marvel it's like and that's a problem of like trying to mm. put like real world issues into comics because like comic universes are generally so different than like the than the real world right yeah i mean i based on what we read you know, for this week, I would have been interested to see how uh, Demetrius like tackled it, though, because I I do I, understand it would have been challenging. I just think I, I think that he could have done something. You know, he with said it. he did write it in the end, though, right? Like, but 
in a different form. Yeah, the I believe it's like the Life and Times of Savior Twenty Eight, yep. which uh it seemed like it had yeah. pretty good reviews and was like released in two thousand nine. Um, I do think it's a little bit of I don't know what the term for this is, but like a creator kind of like wistfully remembering something he didn't get to do, and like never like begins to think for a second that like maybe stuff wouldn't have turned out as well as he thinks it would have. He's like, oh man, it would have been great. It would have been awesome if I'd been able to do this in 1984. And it's like, it turned out great when I got to release it in 2009. But like, man, I can't imagine how good it would have been if I got to release it 20 years earlier. And it's like, okay, you're not the only one who makes that decision though. And you're not just making it for you. Like other people have different opinions on things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also... That's, that's true. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of him being like, yeah. So we released the new, we released the, what Life and Times of Savior Twenty Eight, under the era of you know Bush and Obama. I was like, I'm, I mean, that's I just like referring to it as a historical context. I don't know, like, well, what what is well, your problem no, specifically I mean, with that? It would be political. That that's that's my thing. It's like to me, him saying that just meant like, oh, so it's going to be. Uh, politics about like uh, Obama coming in and being like, "All right, we're we're ushering in a new era of America." Or I, I mean, oh. I don't know exactly where they would have gone. I mean, it, I would have been okay with him to be like, "Yeah, you know, it, it was set in the time of 2008. You know, you know, you know what was going on then." Like, I I, I wouldn't have assumed that it would have been like political. If he had said it was going I on mean, in 2008. Just looking at saying, the story itself, it's already inherently a political story, the one mm-hmm. he's trying to make. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't actually understand what he was trying to imply by being like, oh, when I wrote this, it was back during this era, and now it's during mm-hmm. this era. And I was like, okay. Gotcha. And I guess I just missed yeah. the political implications. <laughs> yeah, it, I think that like for me um kind of looking at those differences it was like you know <laughs> ironically there's there's a little bit of an illusion of change in real life where like you know and i think that maybe older people uh are more susceptible to that illusion where like we might be all like nothing's really changed between like this era and that era but um you know, he was all like, oh, the story is, like, a little bit different because, like, you know, being in this administration for the United States government versus this administration, like, you know, it's way different. And it's like, um, I think that, yeah, but, sorry. Uh, Basically, what I'm trying to say, though, is that I think that it's, it's mostly the same, and it is inherently political, but um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that there would be any different issues, you know, between what Captain America faces like then and now, kind of. Um, but yeah, I, um, I'm trying to remember what else I wanted to say about it too, though. Um. Oh, yeah, I think um, one part of it was the, uh, like, I, I can appreciate, like, 
you know, lo lots of 80s creators actually did the thing where it was like, I didn't get to write this, and then they find a different way to write it or eventually write it. Like, um, Chris Claremont is really, really guilty of that with the X-Men. Like, I mean, he basically, like, he wrote X-Men for a really, really, really long time, and then he got shoved off of it. And then he was like, okay, I'll take any chance I get to write the X-Men. And right now, this is actually news, basically. They're doing a prequel to Days of Future Past that he's writing. And it's like, wow, you just, like, you gotta let go. <laughs> you gotta let go and say that the X-Men change. <laughs> oh, man. Um, But yeah, and then like I think Tom DeFalco wrote like basically his version of the Clone Saga. If there was no like intercompany meddling and stuff, and yeah, it just happens <laughs> a little bit too much, honestly. But yeah, yeah, I mean like um, honestly, like the macro of that is like, hey, Zack Snyder Justice League, and now also David Ayer Suicide Squad, and then after that, everything bad just gets done again. You just do it again. You do it again and make it yeah. better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least attempt. <sighs> yeah, that is kind of the... Yeah, we'll, t we'll try <laughs> at least. We'll do what we think people might like. <sighs> yeah, good times. So, so there's yeah. a... And I... As far as... Oh, okay. I was just gonna say, um... As far as, like, making Black Crow Captain America, you know, I I respect the point of, like, well, why can't he just be his own thing? But then I'm also like, okay, but, like, why does Captain America need to be, like, you know, a colonist white man? And when, like, that's not really what America is, necessarily. I, I was literally just Especially if that. he's going to say that he's not... When when you were talking, and I was like, like you know, it... <laughs> so so here's here's what I'll say about that. <laughs> I think that um, to make him become Captain America would be like saying Captain America is the only legitimate superhero because he's white, and so we're going to put this uh, non-white character in there to legitimize him, as opposed to saying. No, I'm going to put my effort into making this an actually good character. But to so me, that's I, I that's why I don't appreciate doing it, that. It is it's the like, two things. It is that where it's like, oh, um, well, why can't Captain America? He's an ideal. Like we have all these different people t donning all these different, you know. Oh, I did. I'm being this because my father was this, and then like, well, why can't he be someone else, like a Native American who's like would probably be even closer to, like, the core of, like, a lot of the things America has gone through. Um, but then also that whole thing of, like, well, are we just going to shove them into these main roles and then just, like, not look after our side characters? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have a problem yeah, with... I, I get that criticism. Sorry, go ahead, Go Cody. ahead, Jake. Sorry. Oh, well, okay, then I'll go. Uh, no. I don't have a problem with... Uh... Captain America, like, as a mantle and, like, being passed on, especially, like, if you, like, I really enjoy the meta-narrative of, uh, it's kind of weird that, like, the person we sent over to fight the Nazis is, like, 
this like is like basically the Aryan ideal is like is that like is saying like the only person who can beat a Nazi is a Nazi? And it's like no, it is the person who like uh, who embodies like the Nazi's ideal still looks at them and says no this and is wrong rejects it. so it's like yeah that version like of cap america being a buddy lots is like that works really well and like if like you take that as like the meta narrative then like the mantle of cap america probably should change with like who is like the uh big bad at the time but you know that's just like i don't think anybody's come mm-hmm. out and like officially supported that where it's like yeah we purposefully designed captain america to be the area in an ideal and then is still fighting against the Nazis. But I mean wasn't he designed by like two Jewish men? So like I know Jack Kirby was Jewish. Um I don't believe Stanley was though. I'm not no, thinking Joe of Simon. Stanley, I'm thinking of somebody else. Stanley didn't It was Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Joe Simon. Mm. Yeah. Um so I mean maybe that gives credence to that idea. But I, I do think like you made a point there that I was thinking about because as far as going back to the Red Skull, like the interactions around the time when they're fighting in this book where the Red Skull directly points out, you know, you're perfect, you're wonderful, you're everything we wanted, but why do you surround yourself with these other people? Mm -hmm. Like, you're so great, but you stoop to such lows and like, you know, named off a bunch of like different, oh, there's a woman near you. (laughs) Like, that was one of them. (laughs) Uh, um, well, he also mentioned the blacks. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. He, no, he mentioned like uh, everybody. He yeah, could. he dropped. Yeah, <laughs> he drops. He drops a lot in there. <laughs> I called. I called "fop" a slur earlier. It's yeah. not a slur, but it is. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's literally using it as a derogatory term gotcha. because it literally just means you like dress well. So, uh, implication. Oh yeah, it's like a, like a dandy. Yeah. Yes, literally. But yeah. I mean, so that gives creative would we be able to get those same moments of like because like i i think you're taught often um in writing to like you know make your villains and your heroes similar in some ways that they can see eye to eye but then you know your hero rejects that fatal flaw kind of thing so i mean i don't know i don't know if race could be considered like them seeing eye to eye Yeah, but yeah, I I also don't think that uh, Black Crow probably should have been made Captain America. I think that's just uh, Demetrius just being a little too in love with this new character that he made. Okay, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, yeah. As far as I don't, have, I don't have any proof of that. Yeah. No, I mean that that's fine. Yeah. Um. I think that. Um, you know, as far as, like, keeping up the the work of, like, you know, having a side character and then, like, potentially making them, like, their own character, it's really hard, you know, especially in the time period, I think, to convince readership that it's worthwhile, you know, to say, like, hey, we have this cool character called Black Crow, and... Uh, you should really, like, you know, learn to love and respect them as much as, you know, Captain America in in their own right, though, you know. I I mean, that's literally what we were talking about with the Black Crow character, where it's like, 
man, he's not great, but for his time, like, being like, oh, it's a Native American, and he's not a villain of horrible powers. Eh, he uses powers for not great. And also the idea that this culture is mystical and supernatural inherently. It's <laughs> like unfathomable to any outsider. And it's like, no, you just didn't research it. I, I think it just comes down to yeah. how, but like we were saying, you characterize your character, you know, how you present them. Because like, to me, it's like, mm. if you have a good character, then people are going to notice. And people are going to like naturally gravitate towards that character. But if you try to be like, all right, people, uh, you listen up, read this person. Or if you're like, well, uh, we're not really getting the readership that we're looking for. So we're just going to shoehorn this person into a more popular book and then just leave them there. It's like, that, that seems weak to me. I mean, I feel like, well, this is going to go totally off topic, but I think that's believing in the free market. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, m like, most of it requires time. Like, honestly, because, like, uh, a good example is uh, Ahsoka Tano from The Clone Wars. And, like, when the movie first came out, people hated Ahsoka Tano. Thought she was a waste of time, a bad addition to canon. Uh, like when the movie came out, like that movie where they're like they gotta find like Boba Fett's kid or whatever. The animated. Like they hated her. Yeah, the animated oh, movie yeah. for that that preceded the animated series. Gotcha. Okay. And then like as the series went on, like for the first couple seasons, she's like, oh, just weird, bad comic relief. And then like, but as time went on, like people grew fond of her, and she like became an actual character. And now she's like been in Rebels and is now in the Mandalorian or slated to be in the Mandalorian. And it's like, yeah, Ahsoka Tano. And it's like, uh, eight years ago, you would have never, ever heard anybody have a good thing to say about Ahsoka Tano. It's just like, I guess it just requires time and like, just keep putting them in things and eventually somebody will like them. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, um, I guess to wrap up this conversation, I think really what it comes down for me personally is that I just wish that uh, DiMatteis's vision was able to be fully executed. Like, you know, I, I, I understand that, like, you know, Jim Shooter as the editor-in-chief, like, that it was his job to be the custodian of the Marvel Universe or whatever, and, like, you know, his say was final say, and that's, like, the way that the industry is slash was, but it is kind of annoying. I just would have liked to see how his story would have gone, you know, and in, in instead of having to theorize about it, having to be like, well, would it be good? Would it have? Yeah. I, I just wish. Yeah, even if it would that. be good, like, it would have been really interesting to see that kind of risk taken and whether it would have been as good as he thought it would mm -hmm. be. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I also wanted to ask about, um, as far as like a villain spotlight, you know, I could tell Jake did not like the, um, the origin of, uh, Red Skull, but that, the origin doesn't have to be, you know, just cause it's a villain spotlight, you know, it's just like how evil, how villainous, you know, but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, as far like, as a pick he's bad, but also like, I knew he was bad already because he was a Nazi. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, like, 
I, I really liked um, just, like, how much it was about, like, good versus evil, but in an interesting way. And, like, what is good, like, you know, and, and what is evil. Yeah, I, I don't know. The Nazis, they're the but evil I felt ones. like I... I I liked I liked the build up to it. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I just I want to say like this kind of I I like Bernie. Like to me, she I think is very brave. Like she was like, look, I I get I get that you're in danger and all that, but like I love you way too much to be like you can do what you can just leave. Fine, we'll not get married. You know. He was like, no, I love you too much. We're, no, we're, we're getting married. And then I, I just, I really yeah. appreciated that. Yeah, I appreciated it too. I liked her a lot. Um, yeah. So, the artwork. It seems pretty generic for the time. Like, I didn't really have any standout moments, at least for me. Like, I did like that, uh, the splash page, I think, at close to the end. Like, as much as I don't like the issue, like, the backstory issue for Red Skull, like, it's got old Captain America on one side, and then a lot of empty space, and then uh, Red Skull on the other. It was kind of nice, but it wasn't, like, for most of the book, like, it wasn't really anything to write home about. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. I mean, other than sometimes the characters' eyes got way too far apart. (laughs) <laughs> I really liked the coloring uh, as far as like the dark lines like that like it the coloring of this reminded me of um how much I didn't like the coloring on Swamp Thing which is always a great thing <laughs> to look back on fondly <laughs> it's like oh this is how it should be done so I think it was consistently nice gotcha. yeah I, cool. I was like yeah I, I art. basically didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. Um, yeah, I, I found it pretty consistent, um, except for the faces. Like you said, Shawenta is like, wow, that's like looking kind of weird <laughs> sometimes, you know? Um, but other than that, you know, I felt like, you know, what it stood out most to me was the kind of, uh, I, not splash pages but like the you know single page spreads kind of where like you know there's the one where um it's like the first page and cap is crying at the bedside of dave cox while he's in the coma i'm like you know he it's just like really like well detailed and well rendered i really liked that um picture thank you Yeah, I mean, it's at the beginning of one of the issues, I think. Um, oh, here we go. There we go. But oh, I don't yeah. remember which one. Gotcha. Yeah. What is it? 295, probably? Yeah, 295. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was good. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to ask about. Um, yeah, I guess... Any ge- other general thoughts about the book? Okay, not about the book, but I appreciate <laughs> that Jim DeMatteis was involved 
with Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. Like, do, do, that was like our first book that we read for Halloween. <laughs> like in our first Halloween oh. episode, we read that. I was like, I appreciate oh. that. That's, yeah, interesting connection I didn't mm-hmm. think about. Um, yeah, I guess uh, overall, like, dislike. Oh, no, I really liked it, yeah. I don't really have strong feelings about it, but if I had to choose one, I would say dislike. <laughs> All right. Ooh. All right. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really entertaining throughout. Um, you know, I felt like I. it was, even though there was like, you know, like we kind of said at the beginning of the episode, the... Like, this is what happened last time, and, like, all of the long, like, laborious, like, talking about what things are. I was able to get through that, because I was, like, interested and excited, you know, where in some other comics I might be like, oh my gosh, this is, like, not going (laughs) down, it's so hard to get through. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if we look at what I was I almost chose a (laughs) different... I was gonna say, when I was reading it, I just did not yeah my if you asked me when i was reading it whether i liked it i would have said dislike because it's really hard for me to get through but once you got through it looking back on it i do Mm -hmm. like how the story is kind of building up to this stuff i almost chose uh another of d mateus's works uh craven's last hunt arguably more famous than this or probably not even arguably it's it's more famous than this i would say yeah definitely Um, more famous (laughs) (laughs) i mean well we can argue Uh, about it i guess you know i just i (laughs) no um it is definitely more famous uh yeah i just heard about this one though and i thought it was like really interesting you know all of the ways like you know because i i know who spider-man is you know i i have a pretty good grasp on spider-man i'm gonna say Mm -hmm. but captain america you know it seems like this this brought like you know a really interesting angle i thought you know to his character yeah yeah, and, and I, I honestly had not read uh, a Captain America story beside the one that we got at the comic shop and the Winter Soldier one that we read this summer, I think. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely a, a new kind of story. Refreshing. Mm-hmm. All right, this has been the comic panel. Thanks for listening. I'm Cody. I'm Taylon. I'm Jacob. And I'm Shawenta. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Mondays, 5 to 7 p.m. on KSUA 91.5 FM, The People's Radio. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at the comic panel, it's comic time. Or you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore comic underscore panel, or like our Facebook page at it's comic time. Have a great rest of your day.